This is Conversations with Sarah, and today I'm joined by Victoria Watson-Bradley, founder of BrainSet, to have a conversation about her experience after being diagnosed with a brain tumour. Welcome, Victoria. Hi, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. Um, I've heard a little bit about your story, um, and you really do have quite a story to share. So I don't know if you want to sort of introduce yourself a little bit. Well, thank you, first of all, for inviting me. It's lovely to talk to you. Um, as you said, my name is Victoria, and um, this time five years ago, I worked overseas. I was having a lovely time. I lived in hotels. I travelled quite a lot, and, and life was great. But I decided it was time to come back to the UK and, and spend some family time. And I'd not been back for very long. And I was walking home. I was on the phone to a friend and just having a chat. And I started talking really weird. I, I couldn't get my right words out and I knew I would I wasn't right but I didn't know why and I just couldn't get it right to the point that when I got to my home I said to my friend I'm all right now I'm I'm, I'm okay now I'm, I'm going in and she said well where are you my hotel and I wasn't I was in a little close into going into my flat and um, I, I put the phone down made myself a cup of tea I don't drink tea and I tried to message my friend to tell her I, I'm okay um, and I, I'm fine don't worry and the, it was just letters and I knew I couldn't I just couldn't do it and bless her I sent about five messages that were just were letters and mm. um, she phoned me rather than texting and she shouted down the phone at me and um, give me your daughter's number and I, I don't know how I did it, but I did send her my daughter's number. And the reason she needed that is because we only met through work overseas. So she had no idea who my family was and I, I didn't know who hers were. Wow. And she phoned my daughter and said, um, you don't know me and I don't know you, but there is something wrong with your mother and you need to get to her now. And within an hour, I was in the hospital, by which time I was fine. And I genuinely thought I, I was fine. I thought maybe I had a water infection and they took me to the hospital and less than, yeah, probably 12 hours later, we were told that I had a brain tumour. I mean, it's, it's just amazing how lucky you are, I guess, that, that you were speaking with someone that recognised that this, this wasn't okay. Um, and that yeah. you you got to the hospital and and sort of that was discovered. So how how has life changed for you since you've discovered the brain tumor? Well, I had brain surgery six weeks later. I was obviously rushed through pretty quickly because some people will wait for at least a couple of years, as, as you know, with with our mm. hospital service. I had mine very quickly, um, and life dramatically changed, completely changed. I was told that I was medically unfit to work and for anybody that, that's worked all of their adult life and, and for my age group, probably since we were about 13, it was a, a bit of a shocker. I never knew my way around, for example, benefit systems. Um, I didn't know how, how to get care. So I, I was told that um, my brain tumor was a meningioma and that was it. They didn't tell me why, they didn't tell me what the repercussions were. And, and what I found in that time was there is loads of information. There's loads of information about counselling. There's loads about brain tumour support, brain tumour research um, and how to claim benefits. But this information is everywhere. And 
you also, of course, you do a Google search, which is basically yeah. we all do. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and sometimes the, the information is, is right and points you in the right direction. And sometimes it's just total misinformation. And I think we all know that. But anybody that's suffering with any form of brain damage, whether it's brain tumour, epilepsy or seizures, because not all seizures are epilepsy, it's really hard because your brain just doesn't work the same as anybody else. Yeah. So you're already fighting your way through these systems to try and find what you need to know. My sort of medical stuff, when I was first diagnosed, brain fog uh, was one of my predominant symptoms um, and it really did affect my speech um, my ability to to find words so having having that as a a main symptom it I know it, it's it's so difficult to navigate the information isn't it and retain that information to know how to actually use it because um, I would read things and like it added with dyslexia doesn't it doesn't go in doesn't go in at all so it's um it must be challenging when you're dealing with the shock of, of what you're trying to find out or the medical terms because I mean as you said you were given a medical term did they explain anything else or was that just it no no and and that was that was it I mean let's face it we all know that our, our hospitals and and all of the different departments we know they're busy and mm. so it it's not like you can sit there for an hour appointment and then extend it to say well what is that yeah why is it there how did it get there what's yeah. it going to do is it benign is it is you know it am I am I going to die um so you get you find these things and like I, I said there is loads of information, but it's everywhere. And, and <laughs> we get brain fog. I, my memory is shocking. I have to write everything down. Mm. And I, I've taken to using highlighters of different colors. And I know if I haven't done something, it's one color. When I have done it, it it's another color. Mm. And so it, you have to get everything in one place. And that's the thing about the app. Yeah. So it's, it's literally, sorry, um, getting all of this information that anybody with epilepsy, seizures or brain tumours, everything that they need, lots of links. It's most certainly not, I am. I am not an expert, not in the slightest, mm -hmm. but I know where to go. So the app will get all of this information and all of the links and just put it into one very easy to use place so that you as a patient, we, there's lots of different names for it and we don't mm -hmm. like any of them, do we? but just to get everything and just put it all in one very easy to use place yeah and this is the brain set app that you're talking about isn't it that you're you're you've de designed with a with a team um yeah yeah I've, I've been I've been extraordinarily lucky um I met a lot of people um, and I've got this brilliant team that on the days that I have meltdowns which are fairly regular and I'll message them and say I don't know what to do and I say chill out make yourself a cup of tea and and they'll just take over and do things for me so they've built the app um, as a company that does that and I basically found all of this information because mm. I already had it and and made sure that it's there and, and yeah. checked and checked again to make sure it's the right information so who would you say the app is designed for specifically? Who are the people that you're hoping to help with this app? Okay, um, basically anybody that has a brain tumour, 
epilepsy or seizures, but also their friends, their families, their carers. Because again, as most of us know, when I when I discovered I have a brain tumour, um, it didn't only affect me, it affected my, my grown up daughters, it, it changed their lives. Um, when I have seizures, it affects my friends, everybody, all my friends that are around me, they know if they can't get hold of me, there is something to worry about. And they also, if they see it a lot, they they need they need some support themselves. Mm-hmm. So there's you know there's lots of support and counselling for everybody. And even let's say for example, my my grandson, um, I've got two amazing grandchildren, and they've been taught to recognise when I'm having a seizure. I get um, both the tonic clonic seizures, which are the ones that people recognise. Actually, that's that a very few um, amount of people that have epilepsy or seizures will get the full tonic clonic. Um, but I also get um, focal seizures, which, you know, when you're in the middle of a conversation and you just get bored and you're fed up with that person talking to you, <laughs> you just zone out. Well, that's what a focal seizure looks like. It just looks like you're a bit bored of being in that conversation (laughs) 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 my grandchildren have been taught to recognize these and and when I you know when it when it all first started and I used to think god those poor kids Mm. you know they they it's frightening however my grandson is amazing and he's 11 and we can laugh about it now we can make jokes about it as to how I look and how he relax how he reacts Mm. and actually in one sense, he's also rather lucky because if he sees somebody in the street having a seizure, he knows exactly what to do. He knows how to recognise it, where for a lot of people around, um, it's frightening. But he will also need support at some point. So there are support links for children um, mm. and, and counselling because, like I say, at some point it affects everybody and it is frightening and it is life changing. Yeah, as you say, it's not it's not just you that's affected by a diagnosis, is it? It is the people around you, the way it impacts, it ripples, doesn't it? It ripples through how you live your life and yeah. um, the care and support that you all need. So yeah. like, I'm I've I've looked at the app, I've I've filled in the thing to to get the you know the notifications and stuff, and I can see all the different bits that you've got on there, and it does look like it's going to be really useful um, for people especially when they've first got diagnosis to be able to come to a space and be like okay like what where do I even start it's it's laid out really nicely and you just click on a bit and that's when the information will come up for you so it's that it is that being able to go oh like how can I support my family be supported and and linking linking in with services and that I mean that's the whole point of like what I'm doing here with the podcast is people feeling more able to link in with services um so that's one of the reasons that I wanted to bring you on and have a conversation with you because I think what you're doing is it is important and it takes away some of that overwhelm doesn't it that that people experience when any medical diagnosis it, it's so much information to take on board yeah absolutely and like I said and and as you've said it you you're so overwhelmed. Um, and again, like for example, when my um, neurologist, neurosurgeon, who is amazing, um, when he said, you have a brain tumor, I remember nothing. Four years mm-hmm. later, I remember nothing from that conversation. Mm-hmm. The last thing I remember was, you've got a brain tumor. Yeah. And so for my daughters, it would almost, almost be a weekly thing. What did he say? What was that? Yeah. What's this? 
where actually, you know, they're, they're, they're working mums, their wives, they're, you know, they've got their own lives and then they've got their mother <laughs> messaging them saying, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> so that's so is, is that your hope? Is. Yeah, that's, is that your hope with the app, that it's a place that people um, can come to and, and ask those questions and get that reassurance and find that information? Yeah, absolutely things that, that you can sit with a cuppa and you can just scroll through and at some point we will put together um, a social community where you you can have that conversation with somebody that knows how you feel there's mm. there's nothing like having conversation that with somebody that that will tell you oh I know how you feel yeah 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 I think it's important isn't it to find um other people that have been through your experience and even though they don't they may not understand exactly how you feel they've got an idea because they've they've lived that shared experience so they, they can they can empathize with the differences that you're experiencing now because I imagine that life changes quite dramatically totally absolutely 100% totally I as many other people, I loved my life. I loved my work. I loved being the person that would get to the top of the climbing frame with my young grandchildren and race up there. I can't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to. I, it, there's almost like a grieving process that if you if you loved life before, there is a before and after. And, and it is like, it, it's like losing a person, losing a loved one. Um, mm -hmm. So you have to get some help with that somewhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why it's important to, to have these resources and to be able to kind of link in and, and connect with people because um, life is different, but it can still, you can still in, have an enjoyable, happy life, can't you? Because you're, that's what you're doing. You're being so proactive and um, like you've, you've taken your experience and, and using it to, to create something positive that's going to help other people um and I know we've got a shared interest with sort of mindfulness and meditation I think that's that's something that is that something that you learn after your diagnosis yeah it was always um hypnosis and hypnotherapy was always something that that I enjoyed and I, I'd had a few different sessions myself as nearly anybody that goes through hypnotherapy um wants to do lose weight, stop smoking. I was no different from anybody else. Um, and, and again, when they tell you that you're, you're unfit to work, you think, well, what am I gonna do? Mm. I'm bored. There's only so much TV you can watch in the day before you get sick of it. And so I thought, well, I might as well use this time. So I studied meditation and mindfulness. And actually I found that it really, really helped me. And I'd never really heard of it before. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 something I, I use daily and something that I use in my business as well. And it is it, for people, um, no, for everybody, there's a benefit to mindfulness and meditation. Um, but I think even more so when people are managing big changes in life or health conditions, um, being able to get into that quiet space is absolutely invaluable, isn't it? Totally, totally. There's the thing, and, and obviously, you know, you, it's what you do, it's part of your business. Mindfulness is just something that you focus on and do something about it almost yeah. and tell yourself, well, actually, it's all right. It's all right to feel 
have a day where you feel like rubbish. I mean, we both have our own health issues and there are days when you just want to curl up in a little ball underneath a blanket and cry. Yeah. And actually, rather than feeling sorry for yourself about this, accept that day just and know that tomorrow you can move on. And yeah, that's that's it, isn't it? It's sort of that knowing um, once you've moved through that grieving process and um, you've got to a place of acceptance of where you know, life is different and that's okay. And some days it is hard managing symptoms, dealing with the stuff that you need to deal with, um, but it's okay. It's kind of okay to have a sad day. It's okay to feel a bit about things, um, but that doesn't mean that tomorrow has to be a sad day as well. And you can um, you can make a choice to sort of move forward in, in a, a different energy space. Yeah, totally, totally. And it, it is that, see, I know that before I took on the mindfulness and, and meditation as well, is that you think, oh, it's Tuesday. I feel like rubbish. I'm going to have a rubbish week. And actually, mm. you don't have to. It's getting up the following morning saying, right, okay, I'm okay yeah. today. Everything's yeah. all right. Yeah, absolutely. So if someone's listening now who's newly diagnosed is there any advice that you would give them or any suggestions that you would you would is there something that you would have wanted to hear after your diagnosis that you would like to pass on to other people I think the first the absolute first thing that I I wanted to know when I got home after that hospital appointment is what is that what Mm. does that mean what is a meningioma? What is a, a, a benign tumour, a myoblastoma? Um, how, what is it? And so it, there will be a link or there is a link in the app that will take you to, um, there's two different information centres that will give you the absolute right information. So um, Brain Tumour Support and Brain Tumour Research, they both have, they both have pages that will mm. give you exactly that information and the right information. So kind of go, go to the, the places that are the experts that know what they're talking about, try and avoid too much Googling, um, because I can imagine that you get a lot of misinformation and a lot of quite scary stuff that actually you don't need to be list- reading or taking in at that point yeah. in time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, exactly the same thing with, with epilepsy, because if I described to somebody in, in a supermarket, I have epilepsy and it has happened to me and um, I have epilepsy. They say, oh, well, you're going to fall on the floor and you, you're going to fit. No, mm. I'm not. Mm. Not necessarily. I might. But no, I'm not. And, and that's terrifying because nearly everybody that you talk to that's never seen epilepsy or seizures before. That's what they expect. And that's not, yeah, yeah. That, that is not the case. No, it's what we see in the media, isn't it? And it's our um, like I know for me, it is my only experience of of epilepsy, um, and I, of, of of witnessing that. Um, we don't know. We don't know that there's all this different stuff. I know you you gave me some statistics when we met before. Um, I was quite <laughs> amazed by them. Do, I don't know. Do you want to share them? If you do. More than one in 20 people will have an epileptic seizure at some point during their lifetime. And more adults under 40 and children die from a brain tumour than any other cancer. Mm. Um, And so you will be standing 
next to somebody. I, I've spoken, let's, let's hear an example, that nearly everybody I've spoken to, when I tell them I had a brain tumour, they will tell me they know somebody that had a brain tumour. Mm. And likewise, exactly the same. If I tell someone that I have seizures or I have epilepsy, nearly everybody I speak to will either say, oh, me too. Or yeah. my sister had that, my auntie had that, my next door neighbour, my mate in school. Nearly everybody will know somebody that's had a brain tumour or seizures. Yeah. So it, I guess that might sound like a scary statistic, but the flip side of that is you're not alone. There are other people that understand your experience, have been through your experience, um, have lived through your experience and are making positive um steps in their life and are living a fulfilling happy life um and if you've just had a diagnosis there is spaces and places and people that you can go to that understand where you are and can support you through your journey yeah and, and an example of that is um i desperately needed some counseling i desperately needed somebody to talk to that knew exactly how i felt on good days and bad days and, and in this experience of building the app, um, I, I found brain tumour support. Now, previously, i spoken to Macmillan and they said that they give me some counselling. However, because my, um, my tumour was benign, which means mm. it's, it's non-cancerous, um, they then told me, and, and they were amazing, don't get yeah. me wrong, um, but because my tumour was benign, I didn't come under their remit yeah and um, unfortunately that, that comes down to funding doesn't it it's um if if you don't hit the funding criteria for the charities then unfortunately you can't get the help um mm -hmm. so i think it's great that you you've you've put this app together and people are going to be able to one-stop shop come on yeah. and, and get signposted to where it is that that they need to be um yeah. if if it feels all right for you, um, does this feel like an okay place to sort of bring it, bring our conversation to an end? Is there yes, anything yes. that you um, that you want to leave listeners with? Is there anything that you feel is important that they go away knowing or thinking about? Yeah, of course. Um, we're on all, all social media platforms um, and everywhere. We're the same name. We're Brainset. Um, so you you'll find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I know you're on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I've got YouTube <laughs> um, and there's you'll find our blogs um, on naturallycalmtherapy.co.uk. Um, but yeah, we're on all social platforms and you just type in the name Brainset and you'll find us. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and um, talking me through like your experience after being diagnosed with a brain tumour. And I just say to people that are listening, thanks for listening to Conversations with Sarah. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. To find more out about me and my guest, follow at SRTT Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. So thank you very much for joining me, Victoria. Thank you. Oh, and thank you for having me, Sarah. It's been a pleasure.